Hello and welcome. You are listening to Embodied Curiosity. In this show, we will explore self-compassion and holistic health through the lens of embodiment, intuition, nature connection, and neuroscience. I'm your host, Michaela, and I'm so excited for you to join me. Hey, welcome back. I have been rereading one of my favorite books, Women Who Run With the Wolves by Clarissa Pinkola Estes. This book has been so impactful in my life, and I wanted to share my thoughts and insights as I read through each chapter. This is set up sort of like a virtual book group, so feel free to get a copy of the book and follow along with me. I also uploaded video versions of these episodes on my YouTube channel. You can find my channel by just searching my name, Michaela Rands, or you can click the link in the description. I hope you gain some insights as I share my process with the stories in this powerful little book. Hi, welcome back. I know it's been a while again. I feel like I say that every time. Um, I don't even remember the last time I made a video and I've actually tried recording this one over the last several months and have just been struggling um, and there's I, I can explain a little bit more about that I don't want to go in too much depth I want to get to get to the chapter but I've gone through a big move and I've also been having like some dental problems I thought it was a jaw thing but it ended up being that I had um, unfortunately an abscessed tooth so part of why I haven't recorded a video is is it felt um, laborious to talk openly and it's already really hard to talk to a camera for me. This is part of my practice that I'm working on is talking to a camera. Uh, but I found that I couldn't even really get the words out because there was so much tension in my mouth from the pain in my tooth and in my jaw. And actually I just got the tooth pulled two days ago. So I'm like amazed that I even feel up for this right now, but I feel so much better. I'm actually blown away at how different I feel since getting the tooth out. And I've had problems with this tooth since February of 2020. So, uh, but it just kept kind of getting worse and worse. And over this summer, it's just been like a constant um, pain that I've been having and tension in my jaw and yeah, it's hard to eat on that side. So dental stuff whew, really sucks. Um, so I'm so grateful. Like it just gives me chills actually to feel how much better I feel right now in, in my mouth. And yeah, I can still feel there's a lot of healing to be done. I have a hole in my mouth from getting a tooth pulled. Um, but I'm just really grateful to be back here and to be able to share more about my most favorite book that I've been sharing about and try and complete this project once and for all. I'm probably only halfway through, so it might take me a little while and I'm really grateful for your patience in holding holding this space for me to be on this journey of mine of sharing this book chapter by chapter. Um, the great news is <laughs> this chapter is a short one. It's also I know I probably said this before, but this one has to be my most favorite chapter because 
it is a topic that is so, so dear to my heart, which is the body and the connection to the body. So we'll be talking today about chapter seven, um, and it's called Joyous Body, the Wild Flesh. And it's in this amazing book, Women Who Run With the Wolves, Myths and Stories of the Wild Woman Archetype by Clarissa Pincola Estes. I really encourage you to pick up a copy of this book. I'll put a link down in the description below um, so you can pick one up. It's a really cheap book. I actually have bought like several copies and I just, whenever it occurs to me, I just give them out as gifts to friends, uh, to people in my life that, that it feels like they would benefit. This book has been in my life for a couple decades now actually and it's just been a slow journey of getting through and deepening and coming back again and again. And this chapter in particular, oh, just really speaks to me as a woman, as someone who's lived in a body and dealt with insecurities and a lot of health problems and a lot of pain, um, and a lot of different judgments and feelings around the appearance of my body. Uh, that's kind of what this chapter is all about. So I'll just dive in by summarizing um, the basic premise of this chapter is trying to see your body as a friend, um, as a mentor, as a guide, as a mother, but also as a child, and, and building this relationship with your physical body. Um, it's kind of weird to even say that, to be honest, because you are your body. Like, there shouldn't be a separation, but in a sense, in the culture that we live in, there seems to be sort of like a separation between, I guess, mind and body, and maybe even spiritual body and physical body. And so there's all these different kind of pseudo separations between all of the important parts of yourself. And in our culture, the body um, is often seen as only important if it looks a certain way. And so that's like a really big topic in this chapter is the difference between valuing a body for the way it looks um, versus valuing a body for the way it maybe feels or performs, and that's not even the right word, but if, is it functional, is it vital, and all those important things versus how does it look and does it fit the current cultural narrative of what a body should look like. and. I don't know what the experience is to be male-bodied, um, but as a female-bodied and identifying person, it's it's been really challenging to navigate a culture where it seems that, for example, thinness and clear skin and different things around height, there's all these sort of underlying cultural norms around what is beautiful, what is valuable, what is desirable, um, and those have been put into our minds since, probably since we were little kids, but especially like it starts to get more noticeable in middle school and high school, in the culture that I was raised in at least. Um, and it's challenging because what happens is, is when we overvalue the way we look and we if we don't fit the mold in a lot of ways like I recognize that I actually was born very lucky in a lot of ways like I have I'm able-bodied I have all four limbs I have white skin and I'm tall and I'm athletic build and so in some ways like 
maybe I got lucky to fit some of the mold, but I still, of course, have struggled so much with being too tall, being too heavy, being too fat, all of the things. And also just silly little things like that we worry about, like if you have a birthmark in the wrong place or as I'm getting older, you know, I'm in my 30s now. So thinking about wrinkles and different discolorations and it's like a constant battle to try to fight off um, the culture's kind of pressure on me, on women, that it feels to me, um, the pressure to look a certain way. And it's really about like perfectionism. Um, but it's interesting to think about like, what is perfectionism? And is it different in different cultures? Has it been different over the ages? You know, you always hear about, you know, you see these paintings from the, you know, back in the day and the women are more voluptuous and have roles and more, I guess, fat on their body. And now it feels like the standard is being really thin, you know, or there's also being really thin has its own kind of <laughs> struggles that I, I haven't personally experienced, but I know friends who are very thin and who wish they weren't so thin. So there's always, it's almost like the grass is always greener and there's always this focus on losing weight and having perfect skin and having just looking flawless. And that takes away so much from our relationship with our physical body. And that relationship is so much more than what it looks like. And that's, I think, the, what's the real take-home message of this chapter. And if, if you've struggled, if any of this has resonated, and if you've struggled with um, loving your body for just the way it is, loving the way it looks, but also not even focusing so much on the way it looks, and if you've struggled to really value your body for more than that, um, for more than just the way it looks, then this chapter is really helpful. It's a short and sweet read, and there's a couple really good stories in it. One of the stories I want to highlight, um, the author talks about this experience she had with another woman, um, and this woman has ancestry in West Africa. The author has ancestry in Mexico, and they both talked about growing up in the U.S. and how these different parts of their physicality were judged and ridiculed. For example, the woman that has ancestry in West Africa, she was um, made fun of for being tall. She also had a gap between her teeth and was made fun of for that and told that it was a sign that she was a liar. And uh, the author, who's from Mexico, was made fun of for, sorry, whose ancestry is from Mexico, was made fun of for being too short and also too large um, and having too much of an appetite. And both of these women had the chance as adults to go back and visit uh, some of the places close to where their ancestry would be from. So like where their physical bodies uh, have other physical bodies that look really similar to them. And it turns out the woman from West Africa visits and most other women there are also really tall and slender just like her and the gap in the teeth is really common and it's it's known as a sign of wisdom in that tribe in that area and same for the author the author goes back to where her roots are from in Mexico and finds out that all that a lot of the women are larger and shorter like her and they even comment on how she's too thin and is she not eating enough and um, so it's so amazing to hear these stories and to really like question like, is it actually 
the best thing for our body to be to fit this exact mold to be thin and a specific height and not weigh very much and have perfect skin and have perfect teeth and have all of these things is that really uh, a biological imperative is that what people need to be happy to be successful to be loved is are, do we need those physical things what about for people who can't um, change their appearance what if it's like you're short and you want to be tall or you're tall and you want to be short like there's things that you're just born with that if you're at war with them for your whole life it's going to create this rift with your body um, and that I think is another important part that she talks a lot about is if you're if people are so focused on what's wrong with their physical appearance uh, it tends to to disrupt the connection you have with your body and that connection um, is a connection to feeling like not just physical sensations but feeling emotions that connection is uh, also hugely connected to your intuition having gut feelings and um, feeling things in your heart and having kind of premonitions or knowings having an intuition and having a strong relationship with your intuition requires that you listen to and love your body and if you're so worried about the physical appearance of your body for example we can just use the example of being too fat and trying to lose weight and if if you spend a lot of your life fighting your body and fighting your cravings and constantly punishing your body through diets through exercise um, through fasting and all these other methods that we might employ to try and <laughs> control and constrict the body to try and get it to fit into that mold if we're constantly at war with our body's natural desires and signals then we're cutting ourselves off from so much more than that it's so much more than just listening to your body when you're hungry if you don't listen to your body when you're hungry you're also not going to listen to your body when it tells you you know warning don't go that direction or when it tells you this is what i really want in my life so all of these deeper intuitive messages that we could be receiving from our body can get cut off if we're constantly cutting off our body's natural signals so that to me resonates so much and i i feel like i've struggled with a lifelong um with lifelong troubles connecting <laughs> and hearing my intuition and it's been the really the healing path for me is like reconnecting with my body and realizing that my body is so much more than just like this meat suit that's kind of hanging off my head and and instead of living just from my mind and walking around the world like a brain <laughs> that just has a body um, instead realizing that the body is wise beyond measure and the body is is old and and connected to your ancestry and connected to bigger things that we can't even imagine um, even just watching the body do simple tasks you realize like wow it is so much smarter than we think you know I always think of the example I forget who spoke to this but I have heard this example of like artificial intelligence trying to mimic the intelligence of the body and you know a computer can beat almost anyone at chess even the best chess players right but a computer generated uh, AI robot could never compare to the dexterity of the fingers picking up a chess piece like 
just the amount of intelligence in our physicality is kind of mind-blowing and realizing that even has helped me bring it back to like humbling myself humbling my mind and my ego and realizing that this is where the wisdom is and the body is wise i want to share a quote uh, that kind of encapsulates what i'm trying to explain here to be thought ugly or unacceptable because one's beauty is outside the current fashion is deeply wounding to the natural joy that belongs to the wild nature Women have good reason to refute psychological and physical standards that are injurious to the spirit and which sever relationship with the wild soul. It is clear that the instinctive nature of women values body and spirit far more for their ability to be vital, responsive, and enduring than by any measure of appearance. And here's another one from later in the chapter. There is no supposed to be in bodies. The question is not size or shape or years of age, or even having two of everything, for some do not. But the wild issue is, does this body feel? Does it have right connection to pleasure, to heart, to soul, to the wild? Does it have happiness, joy? Can it in its own way move, dance, jiggle, sway, thrust? Nothing else matters. And I love the way she uses those words, and it's such a good description for, I think, what this chapter is really all about. The other thing I want to mention is there's another story in the book uh, called The Butterfly Woman. Basically, The Butterfly Woman's story is about a dance that happens, a traditional dance. Um, sorry, it's also known as La Mariposa which is butterfly in Spanish. Um, it's about a dance, a traditional dance that happens in New Mexico and people come from all over to, to watch and there's a bunch of opening acts. And then finally, uh, the butterfly woman, which is what everyone's really there for and really excited for, uh, they wait and wait and it's hot and she's explaining the story so well. Um, you almost feel like you're there. It's a really, really vibrant story. Um, and then finally, the butterfly woman comes out and and for some people it's a surprise because in their mind they're thinking like okay this is the main act this is going to be the most beautiful this is going to be the most um you know lovely woman the butterfly woman like who would be chosen to be the butterfly woman and it turns out it's this old woman that is very large of body and long gray hair and is just there dancing feeling pleasure and being the butterfly woman with butterfly wings and all. <laughs> and I think the meaning and the the meaning of that story just reiterates the main theme of this chapter, which is that the body is not only meant to be a beautiful thing to look at. It's not just for show, you know, it's it's for all the other things that a body can do and specifically a woman's body um it's just amazing that a woman's body can feel what it can feel and experience what it can experience, that it is a literal portal of life-giving, of, of birth, of creating children, obviously, creating new humans um, through our womb. And that in itself is so much more amazing and mind-blowing than anything about the physical appearance. And so I think, again, like this grandmother, this 
old woman archetype. It always comes back to that in this book, which is that wild woman archetype. Uh, and this, this chapter in particular is just like a really comforting chapter for anyone who's ever struggled with their physical appearance and with connecting with their body, with loving their body, with truly looking in the mirror and saying, wow, body, you're amazing. You carry me everywhere. I'm so grateful for you. So if you've ever struggled with any of those feelings, I think this chapter is a good chapter for you. Um, on that note, I'm going to share, I wrote down a few questions, like just prompts that I can share down in the comments below as well. Um, and I can share some of my insights on them as well. Um, the first one, uh, first for you to think about, in what ways have you been made to feel like your body is not good enough? Oh, I'm sure there's a long list there for, for all of us. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely feel like I've gone through different phases with this over my life. And I've noticed that like, I've come a really long way <laughs> with my physical appearance around like weight and fat and height and stuff. Like, for example, I used to be really embarrassed about how big my feet were because <laughs> I wear a size 10 and I just remember wanting to hide my feet. Like, how can you hide your feet, right? They're like always there. <laughs> um, and, and it's funny because I've come full circle where now I just feel like they're one of my most favorite parts of my body. And partially because of the way they look, but also just because it's like they take me everywhere and they never complain and they're just, <laughs> I have really healthy, great feet. So I'm really grateful for them. Um, that might've been answering a question for later, but that was one of my previous ways that my body didn't feel good enough. Um, lately, I think because I've been dealing with a lot of health issues, like earlier this year, you might've noticed in some of my videos, I was dealing with some, some of the worst kind of cystic acne and, and like rosacea and different skin stuff, mostly on my face and neck. And that was really interesting because I think it really challenged my thought that I felt confident in my body because it really made me want to hide. Like I just felt like I never wanted to socialize or even record videos like this because I just felt so self-conscious of the bumps on my skin and the redness and the scabs and all of it. And I, when I reflected, I thought about like, why, why can't I just get over this? Like I've, I've gone so far with the way my body looks in terms of fat on my body and different wrinkles and all of that stuff. Like all of that stuff feels okay to me, but for some reason the acne one like was really hard for me. And I reflected, I think, you know, it has a lot to do with this feeling like when people see me, if they see that I have acne, that they'll think I'm like unhygienic or that I don't take good care of myself or that I'm not responsible. <laughs> there was like all these stories that I had that were related to if people see that I have acne um, as an adult, like it's just so embarrassing. And so part of my process of healing my acne was to heal those stories and to just show myself to the world despite and I still have a lot of the scars to show, but I've done been doing a lot better and things are healing and that's, I'm going to save that for a whole nother episode or another video or something. Uh, the next question is, and this is sort of a similar question, but what are your biggest insecurities you have about your body? Um, and I think for me, like I said, it's like anything that I think acne has been the hardest and it's anything that makes me 
feel like I look like I don't take good care of myself or something like that. Um, so I think that's, I'll just put that out there. I pretty much already answered that question. What about your body makes you feel proud? Uh, I guess I just feel like I'm proud of all the physical kind of activity things that my body is capable of, especially, you know, I used to struggle for years with really severe back pain. So I'm so proud. I'm so proud of my body for being able to heal that and to like help guide me into healing that. And I'm just so proud of my body for like having such a loud um, voice, even though I've spent years like ignoring it. <laughs> so I'm just like proud that I'm grateful that my body didn't give up on me and that um, once I was ready to listen, it was totally willing to share and to help me and to be my teammate and mentor and guide. So I'm really proud of that. All right. The last question is how can you deepen your connection with your body? Mm, and this one's huge. And I actually have been sort of dropping the ball on this lately. So it's good for me to come always come back to this, but I really, I know for me that the thing that takes me out of my body the most it's probably screens, probably social media and my phone, watching movies, like those kinds of things. And not to say those are bad and those should never be done, but I have to really continue to check myself and to notice when I'm dissociating while doing that. Like, for example, I could be scrolling on social media and see something stressful and then I'll notice if I check in that I'm holding my breath or I'm clenching my jaw or... There's a lot of things happening in my body, like my stomach gets really tight and a lot of tension and these are things that I don't really pay attention to when I'm basically kind of engulfed in, in the screen. And so I can deepen my connection by creating conscious structures around when to be on my screen and when to not and... Um, even like, you know, if I'm really sp spiraling and struggling and I'm having a hard time being with just myself and meditating, like listening to a guided meditation really helps. So at least I'm not looking at something and I can, I can use the guided meditation and often there's like some really good embodiment guided meditations and I've even created a few, but those really help me because it's like, I can kind of surrender to just whatever is being spoken on the meditation and then it helps guide me through either like a body scan or a breathing technique or something that really grounds me in my body. Um, and then obviously like the biggest one is always some kind of movement practice. So for me lately, that's been looking like a lot of yoga. Um, again, either my own practice or my intuitive practice, or I'll do a yoga video or I'll go to a class, but I haven't been to a class in a little while, but Yoga always helps me um, deepen my connection to my body. There's been many times where I'm in a yoga class and I just start bawling because I find this like deeper place of connection with my body and it almost feels like a coming home and a remembering. And I'm so grateful for when that happens. So oh, I'm so grateful for you for listening to this and for hearing me blab on about my relationship with my body and my only hope is that uh, you gain some insight for this. Like if you can see yourself in me and my stories and what I share 
and it helped you deepen your relationship with your body or heal something, um, that's kind of why I'm here. That's why I'm doing this. So I really hope that's happening for you. And if not, that's okay too. Thank you for still listening and for making it to the end of this video or podcast, whatever it is that you're listening to this on. And I will hopefully make the next video sooner than several months. <laughs> The next chapter is chapter eight, self-preservation, identifying leg traps, cages, and poisoned bait. Mmm, sounds like good boundaries and discernment chapter. So I haven't read this one in a while, so I'm excited to dive back in. Thanks for joining me, and I hope you have a beautiful day. Bye. Thank you for listening to Embodied Curiosity. I hope you picked up some valuable insights to inspire you to stay curious and embodied.